Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers. And Houston Astros, the game hotline is 706-0111-706-0111 on this glorious Friday morning. And it's glorious because the Astros are limping big time right now, but they still got a win over the little MVPs and a series win. Uh, I was worried about this series going into it, did not like the circumstance of this series. And I think all three games kind of played out that way. And yet, even though it was ugly, even though there was a lot of bad play, uh, even though there's still stupid things that keep happening, uh, they were able to win two out of three. And, you know, it's better than the Yankees were able to do against the Reds and certainly better than the Reds. I mean, the Rays just own the Red Sox right now. I mean, they have, what have they beat them? Seven out of nine or eight out of ten, something like that so far this year. Dominic just swept a four-game series. And it's so funny. <clears throat> I don't know when it was, a month ago or whenever, when I had to get all upset because uh, these people say stupid stuff. They were acting like, man, they just don't see anybody else in the Astros division catching anybody in the, in the in the in the powerful American League ESPN division, well we not we still got a we a series left till the All Star break and they they they've been caught. They done been caught. The um the the Red Sox or in the Blue Jays are are both right now behind Seattle. They're a game and a half ahead of the Orioles, two ahead of the Guardians, and two and a half ahead of the White Sox. So all those teams are very much in the wild card race. Um, the Rays are continue to be decimated with injuries. Um, they're going to be without their best player for the next two months. I, I don't know if they can score enough runs. It's going to be interesting to see what they do at the all-star break to see if they add anything. So I I wouldn't say that the Rays are a lock because of all their injuries. Obviously, we'll know a lot more about what these teams look like uh, after the trade deadline. Um, Toronto, I, I don't know what to think of them. You know, I always say if you really, 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 really need to win a game, fire your manager. You will win. I mean, that's a fire. You want to win a game, fire your manager. Well, they won their first game after firing their manager, but they played a Royals team yesterday, minus 10 players because they're not, they didn't get the shot for COVID. And so they couldn't go to Toronto. And they still won. The Royals still won. Some cat named Eaton got out, hit a home run, and. They just pulled him up. Essentially, he was like a replacement player from AAA. They had no plans really of bringing up. And and the Royals won. That is a bad sign for the Blue Jays. 
Like, I know the Royals give the Astros trouble. And to be fair, the Royals have been playing very well lately. They really have. But, uh, but man, minus 10 players, and they still go to Toronto and win 3-1. to one. Wow. Wow. Um, I don't know what to think of the Blue Jays. Obviously, they have a lot of talent. I thought they had enough pitching, but, you know, their offense goes up and down. I, you know, I still think Toronto should get there, but we'll see. I mean, I I don't know what to think of them. Obviously, the Red Sox, their question is pitching. I mean, if they get enough pitching, they'll win. If they don't, they're going to be in trouble. That's simple. I think the White Sox are have not played well. But Mariners hadn't played well until about two weeks ago. And they had underachieved. And so I, I, I still think the White Sox have got a lot of their best baseball ahead of them. I think you're seeing what I saw all, you know, going into the season for the Mariners. And um, I think their bullpen last year was deep and good. And it's underachieved. It's, they've kind of got some roles settled now. And they, um, I mean, they're not going to win every game from here on out, although it just seems that way right now. But I, I I would be really surprised if the Mariners don't get one of them wild card spots. But we'll see how injuries and everything else go. As for the Astros, Altuve gets hit on the knee last night in the first inning and leaves the game. So essentially they, they play, you know, without him, without El Perro. Who knows when Brantley's going to come back. I got to give credit to Mauricio Dubon. I've been kind of frustrated with him because he hadn't hardly gotten on base. But he did a good job. He did get one hit last night. And in the silly extra inning thing, he came on, first pitch, hit a fly ball to deep right field, advanced the base runner to third. And Jeremy Pena knocked him home with a single. Ryan Presley was the star of the night. You know, Ryan Presley got lit at Yankee Stadium. Uh, in that first game of that four-game series in June. Ryan Presley has not allowed a base runner since then. Not, he's thrown eight innings since then in relief. Not has he just not thrown, not only has he thrown eight shutout innings, he has not allowed a base runner. He has had eight, one, two, three innings since he got lit at Yankee Stadium. That's a pretty good response. So he's throwing more first pitch strikes. Look, if that's what it took to get him straight, then it was worth it. Am I? It wasn't fun to go through, but if, but he had really struggled up until that point. But if that's what it took to get him straight, It was worth it, no question. They did it again last night. I don't know if anybody noticed it. They did it again. Jonathan VR is at the plate. The bases are loaded with two outs, and they cannot throw a strike, and they walked in a run, and it almost cost them the game. They shouldn't have even went extra innings. All you got to do is throw strikes, and he's going to be out. Just throw a strike. They cannot throw a strike to Jonathan. You tell me that makes any sense. That's just ridiculous. The other thing that has got to stop is their catchers have got to start catching the ball. Like, catch the ball, Cat. 
They throw it to you, catch it. Corey Lee had a pass ball last night. Um, Candy's been getting pass balls like crazy. What is going on? Catchers all of a sudden cannot catch the ball. I mean, it's one thing not being able to block balls in the dirt. These cats aren't even catching it. It was a ter- Corey Lee. He's got to do better than that. Could have cost him the game last night. Catch the ball. So the good news is they got the win. They took two out of three. Um, you know, it's good. Now, we'll see what they have for this weekend. They're not playing a great team. But the A's have played better in recent recent weeks, just kind of like they're not as good as the Reds. But, man, the Reds have picked it up. Man, have they been playing great. They just swept the Rays and should have swept the Yankees. Like, they they had bases loaded and no outs and didn't score in extra innings. And... and in the in the game that the Yankees won, and then and then the Yankees won on 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 wild pitches, like they very easily could have swept the Yankees. So the Rays, man, I mean the Reds, they are on they're on fire. I don't know who they play this weekend, but I'm glad it's not the Astros. So we'll see what the Astros can do. Urquidy pitches tonight. I don't know when Verlander's going to pitch. He was supposed to pitch like two days ago. So say he's got a family issue. He was with the team in Oakland this past weekend, but he was not with the team in Anaheim. I was thinking he might pitch tonight, but I don't know he if he really wants to pitch in the All-Star game and not pitch Saturday or Sunday and just don't pitch in the All-Star game. Who knows? But with Dusty being the manager, they'll figure that out. They'll 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 handle that situation. But it's um I don't know if he's gonna pitch Saturday or Sunday or what the situation is, but Urquidy's supposed to pitch against Cole Irvin tonight. That might be the quickest game of the year. Cole Irvin. Cole Irvin takes less time between pitches of any pitcher in baseball. And Urquidy's pretty close. That you know, I don't know how many hits they're gonna give up. If Altuve doesn't play tonight, the Astros are gonna be playing like a triple A lineup. Cause um, you know, they, they they're going to need Bregman or, or Icky or somebody to step up. It'd be nice if Yuli can get really hot. I mean, he's shown hints of being hot, but he hadn't really followed through with it. So, interesting day, Major League Baseball. The Mets beat the Braves two out of three. Then they won again last night. They got Marte and McNeil back. Marte was a little banged up. McNeil was on paternity leave. So, Mets are looking good as well. So we'll see. Again, it's still a long, 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 long way to go. But good to see the Astros at least um, winning two out of three against the little MVPs. And then I see I wake up this morning to a graphic that says that Mike Trout. Mike, Mike Trout. I mean, I get the whole um, – Shohei Otani novelty. They, Mike Trout, and look, I don't want to win. You know me. Mike Trout, it said, has better odds to win the, be named the MVP in the American League than El Pedro Grande. Like, that shouldn't even be a discussion. Like, Mike Trout's not having anywhere near the year El Pedro Grande's having. Not even close. 
And, I mean, that just shows you it's just that whole MVP stuff, such a silly thing to worry about. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Mike Trout, if I was an Angel fan, I would be saying, let's trade this guy. For one, we don't ever win with him. And two, he's starting to show signs. He's going through longer slumps. He's easier to get out than he's ever been. And the Astros have never had much trouble getting Mike Trout out. But they are. it's been easy this year. I mean, they, they're just throwing fastballs up, and you don't even have to be inside anymore. They strike him out. I don't know. If I was them, I'd, I'd trade that cat. I'd be, re- I'd be like, all right. He doesn't run anymore, ever. So he's not like this five-tool player anymore. He's easier to get out than he's ever been. He's never had a good arm. And, I mean, he's a good outfielder, but he's not a great outfielder. I, I, I would trade that cat in a second if I was the Angels. I know he's this big fan, popular guy, but I would not. I would not keep him, especially with all the other issues. There. Of course, I hope they do keep him because the Astros know how to get him out and they've kind of dominated the Angels. Uh, in recent years, so I hope they keep them, but uh, and th- that will keep them from their making their team better to have all these little MVPs on their team. But I don't know how long Otani's going to be hanging around. I don't know. I don't know how long he's going to hang around. All right, we'll take a timeout. Uh, we do have a lot to get done today. We'll try to wrap up our top ten for Saints and NFL on heartbreaking losses in the NFL. And again, we'll be having a conversation with new Southside High head basketball coach Todd Russ in the 10 o'clock hour. For now, we'll take a timeout and come back. Open phone lines again, 706-0111 on the game hotline. We'll be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you that the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, would like to hook you up with a new Apple Watch. All you have to do to win this Apple Watch is join our the brand new text club. Simply text G-A-M-E, GAME, to 283-8100. Text GAME to 283-8100. That will make you eligible to win an Apple Watch, in addition to all kind of other prizes, including Astro tickets and more. It's the Game Text Club. Find out more by going to 1037thegamelafayette1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. All right. We've had a lot of great suggestions this week on our NFL week. Um we we got to narrow down to 10 sometime between now and the end of the show. Um, I think for the Saints, 
the top three are going to be the 2011 loss to the Cheaters, which is as bad as it gets, in my opinion. Uh, the best team the Saints ever had to the date. I think this has a chance to be the best team this year. Uh, I think it's definitely the best overall roster. We'll see what happens. Um, and lost to the most hated team that I have. So I know, again, I know many of you hate the Falcons more than the Cheaters. Uh, I disagree. I have never hate. I, I don't like the Falcons. Certainly don't like him. But um, I've never hated the Falcons as much as I hate the the, the, the Cheaters. But anyway, um, I, I think we'll do that one. Obviously, the 2018 NFC Championship game lost to the Rams, another team I can't stand and sick and tired of. And the 1983 Mike Lansford. Of course, there's so many others that are going to, you know, tough. But I, so if you, if you have a strong argument for one of those three and think they should be number one, um, give us a call and, and, and make your argument. And who knows, you might convince me. You might convince me. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning, sir. Good morning. I'm gonna I'm gonna totally agree with those top three, but I'm gonna flip Lansford the Lansford game to second and drop the NFC the the Rams game to third. Twenty eleven, there's no doubt. That that the one that's the one that hurt me the most. Oh, that was awful. I mean, you you, you get the big play with Jimmy Graham. There's what, a minute something left. Yeah. And there's only there's only one guy on the team that can beat you. Only one guy. And you're gonna play man to man with a with an old decrepit safety, and he just cars you up all the way down the field. Uh, it was just sickening. It really oh, was. it was. It but was. I got a couple. I got I got a couple of more games for you. Okay. Right, for the overall, for the overall, what about the the interception at the at the goal line by Seattle against the Patriots? Yeah, someone they didn't really nominate it, but it was uh, someone. Uh, I think Jeff called yesterday and was reading some websites top five, and that was on that that list. So, um, you know, because it was a Super Bowl, I, I'll go with that. Yeah, you know, it was just everybody always talks about the great Tom Brady, and look, he is he's great, he's a Hall of Famer. But you know, what if what if I'll give you a couple of what ifs? What if they score right there? What if in the AFC Championship game they don't call some stupid in the neutral zone play, uh, on, and then he because he threw a pick on that play? You know, it's just it's well, the like biggest that. you know, there's a million what ifs with him, but one of the biggest what ifs is what if he had a bad field goal kicker his whole career? You don't tell me about it. I mean, you're talking um, about if he had a bad field goal kicker. You're talking about minus at least three or four Super Bowls less than he's got. I would say three, yeah, for sure. But anyway, um, one more, one more for the Saints, and I know it's not going to make the top ten, but it is top five for me because it's the first time I literally ever cried my eyes out when they lost, and it was the '83 season. It was earlier that year, and they were playing Dallas and. Kevin, I, oh. you know, I just don't like the Cowboys, man. I mean, you know, I, I had friends, and they were all Cowboys fans, and they always gave me a hell for, for being a Saints fan. And we up 20 to 19. Stabler's got the ball. All we got to do is run the clock out. 
and he drops back and he gets sacked by some linebacker named Dickerson, and we lose twenty-one twenty. I cried, Kevin. Oh, it was it, it was it was absolutely awful. But even worse, um, you know, the next year in nineteen eighty-four. Right with with that in mind, the cow the Saints are leading the Cowboys. Um, I want to say it was twenty four to six at the half, and they lost thirty to twenty seven. So that was back to back years. They clearly outplayed the Cowboys in Dallas both years and lost both games. That was awful. I yeah. agree. Yeah, it was. And uh, one one more thing, the Astros, Kevin. All right, so last night, first off. Can you throw a strike to Jonathan VR like you said? Is that unbelievable? The cat, the cat can't hit, bro. That's He's two terrible. in a row. I mean, give me a break. Throw but, it underhand got, if you have to. What, what got me, Kevin, was they up 2-1. You got a runner on third. You obviously are not going to throw a strike to Otani. Obviously. Put the dude on. Yeah. Why are you throwing the ball all over the place? Just put the dude on. Yeah, it's stupid. I mean, it was, it was 3-0 on the pass ball, Kevin. Yeah, it's I mean, stupid. It stupid. Yeah. They got to stop anyway, all that silly stuff. Yeah. I mean, they just tired, Kevin. They tired. No, they're and tired, but it. man. They Look, if it, if it was up the to me. Tired. No, if it was up to me, none of, no Astros would play in the All-Star game. They all think, need to Altuve, rest. I don't think Altuve is going to play, Kevin. I, I, I don't think. Just, I think he's done until after the break. Yeah, they all thing. need to just rest. Absolutely. Absolutely, sir. Well, look, it was good talking to you, man, and I'm enjoying the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Boy, that's true. Those two Cowboy games. Uh, a lot of people a lot of people have joked slash believe that Kenny Stabler threw that game in 83. Uh, and then in 84, again, they, com- they dominated the Cowboys even worse in that game. And came back and 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 lost. No, that was that's a, that was two brutal, brutal losses. He's absolutely correct. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Foot. How's it going? Good morning, sir. It's not a glorious day for both of both of our teams lost, but it's Friday. Well, the Astros so, won. We just played terrible and looked terrible. Well, but the um, well, I forgot. Yeah, that's still losing to me when you play terrible. <laughs> I mean, the Yankees. We played awesome. I don't get it. I don't. I don't get it. I'm. I'm thinking we threw. We threw the game on purpose. Thank God the ugly stocks. The Reds. The Reds are hot. And, and now that's a look. You just got beat two out of three and should have got swept by the Reds at home. And now you're fixing to play the Red Sox, and uh, and the Red Sox just got beat no. four in a row. So I they. Know that's what I was that, looking that at. ain't good. Like, okay. That's not good. Somebody. Something's got to give here. We, 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 I put it this way. I don't know how we lost. That's some ugly jerseys, the Reds. Now, that was some ugly jerseys. But I used to the Reds. And we had that game. We well, the Reds, the the Rays, they just swept the Rays. I, I, I don't get this. The Reds are hot. Thing. It's baseball. I mean, teams get hot during the course of a season. It just happens. But we need, we need to go in with the momentum of hungry against these ugly Sox. It's a rivalry game. And longer, because we don't want to play like three games, so we got to win the most. I got. I ain't putting nothing, no Red Sox on. I need that guy to put that Yankee on. We got to go in this hot. I'm, I'm, I'm counting on them. I'm counting on them. This is almost like a championship to me. Man, what but, if you but, lose? What if you lose two out of three? That's the problem. That's the problem. I don't want to see Martin. I don't want. We have to block. I'm gonna block his number. 
Yeah, I ain't talking to him. I bet. <laughs> I'm gonna pass up the days I have to deliver to his job. Forget that. <laughs> but this is what I call about foot. Now we're gonna talk about this 2011, the 49ers and the Saints. I would not put that number one. I refuse to put it in the top three. Why? My reason is I get what happened in that game with the refs and everything and this and that, but in the second half before going in the in the second quarter before going into the halftime, I remember that like yesterday. You have to blame the cheater, the head coach, or and Drew Brees. We was going three and out. I mean, back to back, back to back. Drew Brees decision making what was causing the Saints the problem when we couldn't get across the 50 just to get in the field goal. In that era, in that year, teams was known like the Patriots, the best two-minute offense. We were known as the best-minute offense. And Drew Brees, all he kept doing, because Robert Meek, I remember, he kept forcing the ball to Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham was double-teamed, triple-covered. Robert Meacham on the sideline, the way they ran the play, Drew Brees pumped fakes to him and throws to Jimmy and Covey, and he kept throwing picks, and he kept throwing incompletions. Drew Brees' decision-making cost us that game to me more than anything. Now, in the second half, the Saints made this miraculous comeback, almost won the game. But when you go back into that second quarter, all Drew Brees had to do was be uh, the elite quarterback that he could be and not be over to be the turnover machine and get us across the 50 and we get down there and get, get in the field goal range, at least score a touchdown, at least a field goal. So when I remember that game, that cost us the game because we had we went out like three and out about four five times. And come on now. And then when you go back and look at that, that that's what cost us that game. So I can't, I can't put that up there to saying we got jive. I can't. Well, as a, this is the competition. The the subject here is not which game you got cheated in the most. It's the most heartbreaking. And the Saints had the best team in the NFL that year. I'm still convinced of that. And they lost at at what? That, that what was more heartbreaking is losing an old nine our undefeated um, streak to the Cowgirls. Oh no, that we, you didn't want to go undefeated. I I, I wasn't that you upset did, after know, that loss. And if you you definitely don't want to lose your streak to the I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't was that game. upset. I mean, I wanted to win the game. Don't get me wrong, but I wasn't that upset after the they lost to the Cowboys. Oh, I was and highly upset, pissed. Oh, I'm, I'm still destruct by that. No, all, that 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 mean you know they. I didn't want to go win all the games. If we beat the Cowgirls in that game, they don't make the playoffs. That was a paid and game. I, I, I was trying to win the Super Bowl. I wasn't worried about the Cowboys. I, and, and on top of that, I lost the bet. I had to wear man, all kind of Cowgirls. That's a whole. That's so, a whole different deal. That's a whole different animal. So that, that's exactly yeah. my point. Yeah, that's a whole that different animal. Had, that, that should be over 2011. But in 2011, it was a heartbreaking moment. I get it, but I can't put it up there because of Drew Brees throwing the game away. Him and that quitter. That's why I can't put it up there. I, I would put, like I say, the 06 against the Bears before that. Oh one. no, we had zero expectations going into that season. But let, let, let me get let me get to a break. All right, take it easy. All right, Have take a care. Weekend. No, so much of this has to do with what your expectations are. Like the Minneapolis miracle was horrible, but you know, I, I don't know that the Saints were ready to win the Super Bowl in 2017. I don't really think they don't went to Philly and won. The Saints never went in Philly. 
So I, I don't. I, I would. It was. It was. Look. It was an awful loss. It, I still. It's still hard to just fathom how they lost that game. But in terms of what your preseason, no, I'm not not exit. My preseason expectations going into seventeen were higher than just about anybody's because I I knew that in sixteen the Saints were really an eleven win team. They just got a lot of bad breaks. They played at about an eleven win level. Just like I said about Tampa the the year before they got Brady, that was an eleven win team, eleven or twelve win team. They just the NFL cheated them on the schedule awfully, mistreated them, and they lost just just heartbreaking loss after heartbreaking loss after heartbreaking loss. Um, that really could have just all turned around and, and very easily. So while I had expectations, I still don't think the Saints were going to go and win. So that wasn't nearly as heartbreaking as 18, 19, and 20 to me, the Minneapolis miracle. But for one game it was. So it kind of, you know, how do you judge expectations and all that, you know, can is, is how you get difference of opinion on some of this stuff. All right, let's do this. We'll take a timeout, come back. Get You know, anybody else who wants to make a plea for a certain game or against a game, feel free to do it. Again, the game hotline is... 706-0111, We'll be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles is your home for the Houston Astros. Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, and the rest of the Astros are looking to get back to the World Series. You can listen to every pitch, hit, and thrilling victory as Robert Ford and Steve Sparks will be on the call. Tune in all season long for Astros baseball right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Kevin Foote. An award-winning journalist, popular sports talk show host, and a man who apparently moonlights as a doctor. A medicine season of a different strand in 12, obviously, because the criminal commissioner decided to inflict them with with the, the whole bounty gate silliness. His descriptions of illnesses are extremely concise. Not a normal strand of a medicine season. It was a different strand. This out of the blue from Timbuktu and all of this bounty gate silliness. Dr. Foote is ready to write a prescription for what ails your favorite team here with more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. The game hotline is 706 0111. Want to remind you next week, starting Monday, SEC Media Gay Days, the game 1037 1041. Lake Charles will be packing and heading to Atlanta for the SEC Media Days where RP3 and company and Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh will be broadcasting live from the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta. RP3 will also 
be doing live updates right here on Footnotes. And Matt will be doing live updates on Jordy's show in the afternoon. All brought to you by Board Along Furniture. We kind of kicked off NFL week this week. And college football season will kind of unofficially get kicked off next week with S coverage of SEC Media Days from Atlanta. We look forward to that starting on Monday. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. And that's why the nickname Petty Paul fits him perfectly. He's going to block me because my Red Sox are going to take two out of three from his Yankees. I mean, it's all part of the game. I mean, I've been telling him all year, don't get your hopes up with the Yankees. But uh, that's a different story. That's not why I call. I got a question for you, Foot. Okay. Uh, did you get any phone calls yesterday about, you know, how you said if you have any concern, what's your concern about Jameis Winston? I mean, a couple, not, not, uh, nobody who said anything out of, you know, that we didn't already know. And I'm, and I'm glad you brought that up because I do want to bring, I'm still trying to figure out. Oh, me too. Now. What is it that everyone's so worried about? I'm going to throw some quarterback names out at you, and uh, you're going to see why I'm naming these quarterbacks, okay? Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson. Uh, Now, this is why I bring them up, okay? Jameis Winston has something that none of them guys have, and they're doing just fine in the NFL. And you want to know what that is? What's that? He has a national championship in college football. A lot of people. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. Let a lot of people forget about that, you know. But the reason why I say that, Jameis Winston led a very bad Florida State team that year to the national championship. That Florida State team that hadn't done nothing before, you know, he, he, he played for him, you know, since Bobby Bowden was the head coach. Now, the reason why I brought that up is because the man has a winning mentality. You know, I mean, but like I, I keep saying, I think they're going to be just fine because, like like I said, the man's humbled himself. He's got his life straight. I mean, he's uh, he, he had eye surgery, and now he got targets. I bet you not one person can name one person other than Jameis Winston that was on that national championship Florida State team. You know what I'm saying? He really didn't have no no big-name targets that got drafted high, you know. So just think about what he's going to do with the targets he's going to have this year in New Orleans. You know, let me me remind the listeners, too, that I am a die-hard Cowboys fan, but I'm also a fan of the game of football. And that's why I think that, I mean, the Saints are going to be fine with James. Man, like you said, I'd be more worried about getting a, a backup running back because uh, if they don't have a running back to fill in for Alvin Kamara when he gets suspended, um, I mean, he's going to have to pass more. And, I mean, and, and he might throw a little bit more interceptions. You you don't know. Uh, but that's all I had to say right. about that. Now, I got I got one more question for you, Foot. Uh-huh. Uh, did you see what's coming back this year for baseball? What's that? Uh, the World Baseball Classic. I had. Oh yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, in March next year, 
Uh, is the, I'm a big, you know, I hate the Olympics, but I love the World Baseball Classic. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm glad you mentioned that. I keep mi- for, forgetting to mention that. I mean, it's not till next March, but still, I, I, I'm, yeah. a, I'm excited for it. I love the World Baseball Classic. Yes, me too. I'm the same way. Yeah. I love the World Baseball Classic, and uh, hopefully Team USA can take it like they took the Olympics. But, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to touch on that, man. I mean, I, 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 Saints fans, the ones that's concerned about Jameis Winston, I really – Wish they would call in. So I mean, because I don't. I mean, why, give them. No, man I want to get it. I mean, no, I just, I just want to know. James, wait, say that. I, again? Said, I said I just want to know what they're thinking. That's why we brought it up. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate than, it. Yeah, other than Jameis Winston, there ain't no other. I mean, who you want to go get? That I mean, they're gonna be just fine. Foot, they're gonna yeah. be just fine. He's gonna have a good. And I'm predicting, like I said, forty at least forty five hundred yards passing. Out yeah, of I don't care about and, stats. Uh, I just want to win. Thanks for the call. Y'all um, have a safe trip to Atlanta. All right, thanks. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm not worried about stats. All I know is this cat can make all the throws. He does need to get better at like screen passes, but so did John Elway. Yeah, you know. Uh, he can make all the throws. That, that, that's that, and uh, I'm not. You know, I don't want him to have to throw. Just like I didn't want Drew Brees to have to throw. And again, I, I keep saying over and over and over again, it's not just they need a running back. Not just for when he's susp- um, 41 is suspended if he is this season. Even when he's playing, they need another running back. We don't want to make turn him into a dump truck. You know, that part has not changed. Even if he ends up not being suspended at all, you still need another running back that can carry the load and get tough yards. Don't You don't want to turn this cat into a dump truck. So, uh, it's um, – uh, but I got to believe the Saints understand that. I mean, they, they've got to – and. I'm trying to remain patient on that front. I heard uh, Raymond talking about that last hour. Uh, I'm trying to remain patient. There's still plenty of opportunities to pick up another running back. We'll see what happens, but um, no, it definitely needs to happen. All right, are we? Um, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Nope. Okay. Nope. Not no longer there. But I think. I've settled on the Saints top ten, and we'll we'll announce that for the next hour, uh, during the next hour, about an hour from now. And I've got ten or twelve of of all our suggestions from the national on, on the overall NFL one, but we haven't kind of settled on. I think I know what number one is, but 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 uh, past that, we have to to settle again. It's it's hard to um, – I don't want to totally give everything to, like, Super Bowl-type situations or playoff games, but it's hard not to in a lot of cases. But I don't think all of these – I mean, most of them are um, – yeah, I think overall, I think most of them, except for one or two, are, are playoff games, which – Makes sense, but um, not necessarily. You know, there's plenty of regular season games that are huge, but it's just it's just natural to to, to pick the high stakes games over regular season games. 
Uh, and in the Saints situation, there are more regular season games than there are uh, going to be in overall. But that's just that that makes sense because we know more about the Saints than we know about anybody else. All right, let's take a timeout. Come back, finish out the first hour of footnotes on this glorious Friday morning. By the way, uh, it was said Verlander is scheduled to pitch tomorrow. So Orkiti tonight, Verlander tomorrow. That's that's good. Hopefully uh, they can – well, they really need to sweep days at home. We'll see how, how that plays out, assuming they have enough hitting in the lineup to score enough runs. Time will tell. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Speaking of the Astros, man, the more we talk about this, the more it gets to be a bigger and bigger matchup. Astros versus Mariners. Saturday, July 30th at Minute Maid Park. If you would like to win four tickets to that game, hotel accommodations, and a tour of Minute Maid Park, all you need to do is join the game clubhouse. Astro Weekend Getaways, powered by Butcher Air Condition, La Meridian, Houston Downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Astros, again, opened up a three-game series tonight at home against the Oakland A's. And you can hear that game right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Usually they start about 7-10. Want to wish my oldest daughter, Taylor, happy birthday. Friday, July the 15th at 6.01 p.m., with Jasper Pornovic leading the British Open, our first of four children were, was born, Taylor. And um, it's kind of cool. Like, she was 818 technically, but we say 82, which is my birthday. So it's kind of interesting the way that worked out. But, um, no, happy happy birthday to Taylor. Man, talk about feeling on a little on the old side. She's... um. Turning twenty eight when you when 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 your oldest children start getting that old, kind of means that you're getting up in age as, as well, which I which I definitely am. And uh, some some mornings you feel it more than others, but uh, happy birthday to Taylor! All right, so again, we've got a busy ten o'clock hour to finish out the show. I um trying to nail down this top 10. And look, there's still plenty of time to add other games. Um, we'll, we'll certainly have phone lines open in the first segment of the next hour. So if you want to add any other games, certainly feel free to do so. And we can, you know, it's still time to to change things out a little bit. And, uh, I, you know, there, there's when you start talking about the whole NFL, there's so many. It's just so hard to to, to narrow it down. But um, I think we got a pretty good list here, so we'll try to finish that out in the next hour. And, again, we'll also 
get some high school basketball talk, but also get hit some uh, maybe some Saint memories from Coach Russ as well. Pretty sure he's a Saints fan. We'll um, get that nailed down when we talk to him around ten fifteen or so. So we finish out the first hour, and we'll have another hour going to, you know, uh, you got the British Open going on, and you got baseball, and a lot of people are going to start talking about the All-Star game. Uh, my whole goal, I got to tell you, I can't explain it. I just, certain people, it's just life. Certain people just get on your nerves, and Pete Alonzo from the Mets just gets on my nerves. So I really hope he doesn't win the home run derby. And I'm glad, one, the most important thing is there are no Astros in it. I don't want any part of that. Uh, number two, my number two goal is that Pete Alonzo doesn't win the home run derby. So uh, I don't know who's going to win it, but as long as it's not Pete Alonzo and as long as an Astro doesn't compete in it, then I'm, I'm, I'm good. So as long as Pete Alonzo don't win it, I think it's going to be a great home run derby. Hope I get to see it and hope Pete Alonzo doesn't win it. It's kind of that's that's kind of my thoughts there. All right, that's it for the first hour. Another hour to follow next on the game. One zero three seven Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host Kevin Foot. Welcome <clears throat> back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Astros again play tonight. You can hear it right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 um, Lake Charles. We are trying to wrap up our NFL week, heartbreaking losses, and I don't know, sometime after, shortly after 10.30, we will kind of give the, the breakdown. So if you would like to add any games to that list, certainly feel free to call in this segment, the game hotline, 706-0111, 706-0111. Also, still waiting to hear, I, I and I want to emphasize – I know I'm very passionate when I talk about the Saints, especially subjects that the national media vehemently disagrees with me on, like Jameis Winston. And so I want to hear a reason why people keep saying that they're so worried about it or that it's the number one thing for the Saints to, um, you know, number one worry going into this season. Again, I say that because I, I have – a sneaking suspicion that there are people who still look at him as the same quarterback that played at Florida State, and so they think he's a terrible leader and that he can't be trusted, which I just think is not accurate anymore. It's just not accurate. Or because he threw 30 interceptions in one of his seasons as a, you know, it's the only time he came. It's the only time he never even threw 20 in any other season. Never even threw 20 in any other season. 
But because he threw 30 under Bruce Arians one season, he's a 30-interception quarterback in the minds of some people, and they can't get that out of their minds. I get it, but I don't get it. I mean, I I just – that that means nothing to me that he threw 30 interceptions. So I just – and if that's your reason, it's free country, believe what you want. And you know what? You might be right. But I would love for someone – to, to give me a reason other than those two things, which I think are outdated and not really relevant anymore, in my opinion, just so I can kind of say, okay, well, okay, I'll consider that. I, I just I, – so that's certainly – and, again, that's we're just starting football season. That's We're going to be talking about this throughout the month of August. And so we're just kind of – we're just kind of – Dip, tipping, dipping our toe into the NFL to 2022 season right now uh, this week. That's kind of what this week is is all about. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Let's see. How are you, sir? I'm wonderful. So, according to the Major League Baseball, I bat out. Verlander's going to throw tomorrow. I don't know. I mean, do you just feel like maybe they're not telling us something or – well, I hope not. I, I hope not. I'm all for pushing him back and pushing him back. Look, there's no reason to push him if you don't need to push him. So I think we ought to go to a six-man rotation, and at any time they feel like he's throwing too many innings, uh, give him as much rest as they think they need him. I, I, really, I'm all for that. Okay, well, I am too. But, I mean, they need to get – he threw last Thursday, and now – you know, he hasn't thrown again till Saturday. I mean, if he throws tomorrow. Right. I mean, it, it just they need to get into a to a routine, I guess is what I'm saying. Even he said I, I he think would prefer at, to be in a routine. Right. I think at some point you can go from being rest and, and you and then where you're not sharp anymore if you don't have a routine. That's what I'm saying. Right, right. This this low management stuff, I I, I ain't too big on that. Low management, I mean, I understand, you know, protecting him, this, that, the other. But, I mean, come on, man. I mean, it's been like eight, ten days before he throws. I mean. Now, so say, a- there was a report, I have no idea, if it was, that the reason why he wasn't with the team in Anaheim is that he had a quote-unquote family issue that he had to get to in Houston. And that could have something to do with why he's not pitching tonight. Uh, but I, I don't know. That's just a report. Well, that's what they said. And by the way, tell our friend Steve Wiley, it's the Anaheim Angel, no longer the Los Angeles Angels. And by the way, did anybody bring up the uh, earthquake game when uh, uh, at Seattle when when Marshawn Lynch had that big run? Oh, no, yeah, that was a loss to a team. That was a loss to, to a team with a losing record in the playoffs. That 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 has not been brought up, no, sir. But it has uh, now. I thought, man, that 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 to me—that was a medicine. That 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 was just a medicine season. So I just dismiss it. Okay, well, you know, it, it was still a. And it's not one of the top losses, but it, it's a bad loss. Okay, can can you give me at least four runs tonight? Astros are ten and four in uh, in July. I, I'm feeling good about the Astros. I'm not panicking. I'm feeling good. 
Oh, I am too, but I'm a little worried about like if Altuve don't play tonight, he got hit on a knee on, with a pitch on his knee, and and you know Brantley's still he out and El Perro's still out. So, break. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, they playing at home, but you know their road their road record's actually better than their home. Record. <laughs> yeah. If they if they play well at they they've won every uh, every more than every road trip, which 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 is. You know, where you play more than one series, at least two series, they've won every one on the road this year. Also, they've they've had seven series the first half where where they've played more than three games in a row at at one time on the road, at least a two series trip, and they've won all seven of them. So, if they win their home games the second half, they're going to be in good shape. Yep, that's what I'm thinking. Well, all right, Footy, I just wanted to add the earthquake game in there. So, all righty. All right, I'll be listening to the uh, top ten. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. <clears throat> Again, that's why we do this. There, there's difference of opinion. Um, it's about expectations. Like, I had zero. I, I thought the Saints had a great medicine season. They won 11 games. Um, I'm still convinced, by the way, the reason why they drafted Superman is because they had so many injured running backs during that medicine season. If you remember... They had to pick Julius Jones off the street and was playing. Somebody else they picked up that year. Or was it a little bit later? They picked up that old running back from the Redskins. From Iowa, maybe. I don't know if it was that year or a few years later. But they, they had a stretch there where they were really kind of struggling with injuries and depth at running back. And, and here we go with that same issue. But again, whether they lost to Seattle that week, and that was a frustrating game. I mean, if you throw out all my medicine season theories and all that, and you just look at that game, it was very frustrating because the Saints moved the ball at will most of the game and just crazy stuff happened. Just, I don't know, it was a fluky, it was a, I thought it was kind of a fluky type loss. But as an individual game, I, I can certainly buy that as a legitimate suggestion. And, and it is kind of funny that no one brought that up until today. You know, the national media harps on it because of the run at the end. Of course, the game was over at that point. But, you know, all he had to do is fall down and the game's over. So, you know, that, that run just made this big highlight. But it, but it didn't really have, you know, he could have fallen down and right away after getting the first down and the game was over. It's not like they needed that to win the game. They were just running out the clock. But... Uh, but no, it was a very, 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 very frustrating loss. No, no, no question. Of course, there's so many of them. I mean, if this was just my list, trying to proceed kind of what other people are saying, I mean, they would all, you know, I would have losses to the cheaters up. It would be just about all ten of them. I mean, it wouldn't be all ten, but it'd be at least six or seven of the ten. Oh, just hate losing to those people. Just absolutely hate it. But. And you know that that forty eight forty six one that one was rough, that one was rough, um, back in in, in twenty nineteen. The good thing though is the Saints have actually done pretty well against Seattle in recent years. I want to say they've beaten them like four times in a row now. It's kind of nice. A couple of those were just great victories. Uh, the the great game that uh, forty one had in Seattle. The week after Drew Brees got hurt when they got cheated against the Rams, um, 
then they, uh, you know, last year's game on Monday night wasn't a great football game, but they still won the game. And then they had that just thrilling one at home where the Seattle threw into the end zone in the la- at the end of the game. That was about as nerve wracking a game as you're you're ever gonna have. I mean, the, you know, the, the Seahawks were still in their prime and they had this great offense, and the Saints were just, I mean, that was just a great performance. So they they've uh, they've actually played pretty well. Kind of, kind of gotten the best of Seattle because for a while, man, in the Sean Alexander years, Saints couldn't stop them. Saints haven't had a whole lot of success for there for a while against Seattle. They did beat Seattle on a Sunday night uh, in the first Medicine season in 2007 after coming out of the out of nowhere to make the NFC Championship game. I warned everyone they were going to have a Medicine season, and of course. They started out 0-4, and, and everyone was all shocked. And I'm like, it's a medicine season, folks. you got to just withstand it. And the very first game they won that year was a Sunday night game at Seattle. They blocked a field goal. They blocked a punt. Pierre Thomas picked it up, ran it back for a touchdown, and they ended up winning that game. And if you, as, you, as you remember, they won four straight that year, got, get to 4-4, four and four, playing an 0-8 Rams team, and got beat. Unbelievable. You know, that – you want to talk about a, uh, that's another bad, bad loss. I mean, we can't even the, the the other another loss in that era. I think it was the next year in 08. They Reggie returned two punts for touchdowns in that game, and they had so many bad calls in that game, and this, and they still lost to the stupid Vikings on that Monday night game. I think it was thirty to twenty seven. Unbelievable. There, there's, you know, there, there's so many of them that, you know, we we, we could name top fifty, and uh, but no, that that was that was some frustrating ones. How about the end of the 08 season? Pierre Thomas becomes the first Saint running back ever to catch for a hundred and throw for a hundred. But they said, you know what? We're gonna punt to Devin Hester. We think that's a good idea. See, I thought it was a bad idea. I told him before the game, don't punt to Devin Hester, and they said, you know what? We're gonna punt to Devin Hester. Oh, that's a great, that's a great plan. Let's do that. And uh, another frustrating loss. Pierre has this great game, lose to the Bears because they had to punt. I mean, you know, what can you do? You got to punt to Devin Hester. You got to be an idiot. Unbelievable. Well, I'm so glad. Think about how much things have changed since that special teams coach left the Saints. Think about it. How much better. The Saints' success rate has been since that clown show is not the special teams coach anymore. Oh man, that guy! Was, the Saints' special teams lost so many games for them over the over Sean Payton's first ten or twelve years. That guy was the most overrated, awful coach ever. Saints' special teams coach McMahon. What a clown show that guy was! All right, we'll do this. We'll take a timeout. Come back. Shift gears a little bit. Talk to new Southside High head basketball coach Todd Russ next on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home of the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. July 15th, 1972, Lee Trevino beats Jack Nicholas by one stroke to become the first Open Championship winner to successfully defend his title in a decade. That was this day in sports history. 
We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Before we get to our special guest, I want to remind you, we kind of kicked off the NFL season, at least dipped our toe into the NFL waters this week. College football season gets started on on this show next week and many other shows on this station as the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles packs its bags, heads to SEC Media Days in Atlanta where RP3 and company and Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh will both be airing live from the College Football Hall of Fame as well as RP3 doing daily reports on this program and Matt Miguez doing daily reports on Jardy's show in the afternoon. The, again, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, going to SEC Media Day starting on Monday. Looking forward to that. All right. We have with us new Southside High head basketball coach, Todd Russ. How are you, sir? I'm great. I'm great. Morning, morning. Thanks for having me. All right. So before we get to all the high school questions I have to ask you, I'm, I'm correct in saying you're a longtime Saints fan, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So the the project we've been working on all week that we're finishing up today is it's we've been talking about the most heartbreaking losses we can remember. We're doing a top 10 for the Saints and overall NFL. So if you had to list in your life the two or three Saints losses that hurt the most, what games would those be, coach? Well, uh, I'm going to go back a little bit, man. My first. Uh, playoff game for the Saints. Aaron Brooks was the quarterback playing against the Rams at home. Um, my sister had got me some seats, man, and, and it was a great atmosphere, electric atmosphere, but we came up short. So that was a heartbreaker to watch us lose a playoff game um, at home um, after we hadn't been to the playoffs in so long. And then probably the the other one was um, against the, the the Minnesota Vikings when um, it, it wasn't a hail mary play, but you know when when uh, I can't think of the cornerback made the bad read right the Minneapolis and, miracle. Oh, oh gosh, yeah. yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Because I really thought we had a legit shot at winning it that year. And and the Vikings just had had our numbers in the playoffs the last couple of years, so those those two are probably my uh, just off the top of my head, right? Uh, just two heartbreakers right there. All right, coach. So you were the head coach at New Iberia for many years, and then you went to be an assistant coach at Zachary, and that has to be a you know a different sports. It's got to be almost like culture shock a little bit. What, what was the experience like being an assistant coach after being a head coach for so long? Well, you know, the, the, the beauty of it was um, uh, Jonathan McClinton, the head coach, he and I, um, when he first took over at Zachary for, for uh, Kenny Oak, uh, I was one of the guys that had, had been mentoring him when he had first taken over the program at Zachary. So he and I had a longstanding relationship um, we had gotten to know each other really, really well. Um, and 
and it, the transition, um, I won't say it was real difficult because when I first broke into the business, I broke in as an assistant. And um, so I had been in that position before, uh, had learned a lot in that position. So I kind of knew um, what my role would be going in. Um, and and I, because I had stepped away from the head coaching position, um, I had to put my um, personal feelings and ego aside. So I checked all of that at the door when I decided to leave Nish and go to Zachary to be Jonathan's assistant. Um, and then Zachary was coming off a, a, a five-day state title. So it wasn't like I was going into a place where it was broken. Uh, they were the defending champs. Uh, so really, Kevin, for me, it was like, man, don't go here and screw it up. So um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to go there and uh, be the reason why they didn't repeat. And, and and it was it worked out fine because I knew the guy. He gave me a lot of freedom, uh, allowed uh, me to give a lot of input, and and so it, it really wasn't that tough of a transition for me. All right. So how important was it for you to become a head coach again this year, or was it just this opportunity that made it important? Well, you know, it, 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 great question. Um, being at Zachary, man, I, I, I call it, a, 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 and, and, a, and this is with a yeah, very, very respectful of what they do, but I call it a trap. And here's why. Let me make sure I clarify that so the viewers doesn't, don't get it, or the listeners don't get it uh, um, misunderstood. The way they did things at Zachary is, is a dream for any coach in any sport. Um, great administrative support. The resources are there. Uh, Zachary wanted to wants to be the best in everything they do. So I wasn't going to leave Zachary to go anywhere. Um, had some jobs that came open that I wouldn't entertain because I knew uh, they wasn't going to provide me with the resources to compete at the level that that I want to compete at. So I wasn't interested in taking any job. And then um, Southside comes open. Um, Coach Boyd had did a phenomenal job of building that program. They run 25 plus games last year, made it to the second round of the playoffs. Miss um, 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 Catherine Cassidy, former uh, basketball coach, who's the principal over there, and so Southside presented a lot of the same intangibles that Zachary had. Um, that's what made it intriguing. To me, it wasn't that I was just looking to jump back in in any place, but Southside, I think, has a, a chance to really grow into what Zachary has. Um, new school, great facility, thriving, growing community. Um, so so Southside, in, in many ways, parallel to me what Zachary has and has established, and I think Southside is trending towards the, in that direction. So that's what made the job really, really appealing to me. You know, you you alluded to it, and it was a question I was going to ask you. It, it, it has always amazed me, and, and again, we're not trying to downgrade anyone. We're just talking facts here. The facilities, the athletic facilities, whether it's basketball, football, whatever, in Lafayette Parish and, and many of the other surrounding parishes are not the same as when you go to Calcasieu or you go to a place like Zachary. So 
it's got to feel like a completely different world going to Zachary after visiting, you know, Como and Acadiana and Lafayette oh. High and UI Beer and all these places. And, and, and you have to, one, appreciate the jobs that the coaches do here in the situations that they're in, especially like Acadiana football. But then when you go to Zachary, it's another world, isn't it? Well, listen, man, so, so, so great segue. So um, I coached freshman football this past year at Zachary, okay? And, and, and just to speak volumes to the job that Coach McCullough and his staff does at Acadiana. So we take the freshman team to Acadiana, and the kids from Zachary who – that's all they know. All they know is Zachary, and they think every, all of the facilities are similar to what they have. Right, and they get to, they get to Acadiana and they're looking around and they're like, I, I know Acadiana. I've, I've watched that place and know what they've done and um, know they've made a lot of of, of of lot of limited resources. And the kids from the freshman football players from Zachary, they get off the bus and they're looking around and they're like, man, look at this field. It was raining early that day or it had rained early that week, and the field was a little sloppy and. Um, it's not as up to date as what they used to see in every day at Zachary, man. And and so I'm only saying to say coaches find a way to make the most of what they have. Um, and Acadiana has done a phenomenal job of that in football. But it really does help in, in to to have the, the, the nicer bells and whistles because we're in 2022 and many of the stadiums and facilities – in the Acadiana area, um, are, are, are still original buildings, and so it, it's a lot more attractive to, to to get a kid to go to a place that's more up to date. But I still tip my hat to places like Acadiana that, and, and all of the coaches in the Lafayette Parish area who make the most of the facilities and the resources that they have. All right, so we are in a very, you know, topsy-turvy era of the LHSA and all kind of new rules. And and um, do you have – has there already been any final decisions? Because to everyone's understanding, Southside was not going to be in select brackets. Is, is there any update to that? And overall, these changes, how does it impact basketball, do you think, statewide? Well, uh, you know what, man? It, it's it's uh, We have not – um, from my understanding, is um, they're going to make a final decision on all of this stuff come September at the next executive meeting. And when you look at the proposals that they have in place, uh, Southside, we did appeal to go uh, to be non-select because we do not have an academy. But when you look at the, the, the layout of the current format, Let's be honest, man. It, it it really doesn't really pay to be separate because now you're getting the 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 public schools are now competing with the private schools. Um, you're, you're shifting. There are some 4A enrollment schools that are playing 5A, some 3A enrollment schools that are playing 4A. It, it right now to me is such a cluster, and I don't know who's making the decisions. But I, if they asked Todd Russ what his vote would be, I would say let's go back to the, 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 the way it once was, bring all the classifications back together, and do the job of, of, of dealing with the rule breakers or recruiters or whatever led to the split. Deal with them because right now the state is so divided that you don't know which way is up. 
Absolutely. I, I, I agree with you. And I'm hoping that this recent thing is a huge step in that direction. All right. So I'm sure you had a lot of work to do this summer in the summer league and getting to know your players. I mean, you competed against some of them a couple of years ago. But how is that process going so far this summer at Southside? Man, I tell you what, the, the, the kids at Southside, they, they've been phenomenal. Um, again, I, I, I can't say enough about the job that uh, that Brad Boyd has done uh, prior to him leaving. Um, so I'm not taking over a place like I did at New Iberia where it was down, it was on hard times. Um, you know, Southside is, is, is really trending in the, in the right direction. Uh, the kids have really responded um, to what I've asked of them. There's been some slight changes uh, to the way that, you know, nobody is more than one way to, to skin a cat. I think we, we know that. Um, and, and my way was, is a little different from Coach Boyd, but the kids have really responded. Um, they've been fighting through it, and um, it, it's been good, man. Every, everything has been really, really good, nothing but positives. Well, uh, it's going to be uh, very exciting. One more question. Um, there's been that, that there's been some, you know, uh, in the sports, in one of the maybe not as publicized changes has been this con- the concepts of playing kind of started in soccer where you only play one round of district play. Where where are y'all in the future? Then y'all even had like a district tournament or they had a district tournament last year. What, where do you think the future is with scheduling? Are we, are we going to go back to the traditional two rounds, or are we moving away from that? I, I think that, it, it, so. So this they had the LHSA uh, business meeting um, just this week, the coaches meeting, I should say, and that that topic did come up. Okay, the topic of the point, you know, the district point. You win district, you get a point. Um, so forth and so on, right? But so many it's it, again when you get a go to the split and people are jockeying for um, for playoff positioning. Um, district makes it tough because if you're playing in a district and and if the bottom half is not real good and you don't have you you, you take the point away, playing the, the weaker teams could could actually hurt you to a certain degree. Um, so I, I think a lot of people are, are looking to get away from the traditional districts, which I'm not in favor of because districts should mean something. I mean, that's an accomplishment. I think, um, winning district has, has kind of fallen on deaf ears to a certain degree where it doesn't mean anything anymore. And I think that's, that's, I'm a traditionalist in that sense to where I think districts are healthy. I think it should mean something to win your district. I think it's great recognition for your school and your community. Um, but I have to say, I think we're getting more and more away from going back to the traditional two rounds of district and having a meaningful district champ. All righty, sir. Well, I wanted to catch up with you, and uh, we've been on vacation and all these different things. So I wanted to catch yes, up sir. with you, congratulate you. Uh, look forward to covering you all again Um when when basketball season gets here, we'll get make try, try to carry my Saints. We got to get back to the playoffs. Exactly, exactly. As always, man, it's a pleasure to catch up with you. I appreciate the opportunity. Good luck to you, sir. Take care. All Thank right, you. Todd Russ. See, he 
his relationship with the Zachary coach made it easier. But if you've ever seen Coach Russ coach, he's like really emotional, really into it. So I can imagine at some point it had to be difficult to, all right, you, you, you're not the head coach. You can't be running around and jumping around. Uh, that had to be kind of funny. I'm sure at times he got a little itchy, but uh, he's back in the KDN area. He's done a great job for a long time. Looking forward to seeing Coach Russ coach again in the Cadiana area. All right, we'll take a time out. When we come back, we'll kind of reveal what we've settled on for our Saints and overall NFL list. Heartbreaking losses as we wrap up this week's show. A lot of great phone calls, a lot of great suggestions, a lot of great talk, and we'll kind of reveal the list when we come back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles would like to hook you up with a new Apple Watch. All you have to do is win. All you have to do to win is join our brand new text club. Simply text GAME, G-A-M-E, to 283-8100. Text GAME to 283-8100. That will make you eligible to win an Apple Watch as well as all kind of other great prizes, including Astro tickets. It's the Game Text Club. Find out more by logging on to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. All right. Um, again, all of the – anytime you do a ranking like this, it's a matter of opinion. There's certain games that strike you more than other games. and cir- We talk about circumstance and expectations and all that kind of stuff. And so – it's just mostly for fun and to educate us and a nostalgia. We'll start overall in the NFL. I'll do number 10. I call it the throwaway game. Every time I see any reference to it, it makes me sick. I immediately turn the channel. It's when uh, the cheater from Notre Dame rolled out to the right and was throwing the ball out of bounds, and um, some tall guy from Clemson jumped up and caught the ball. So we'll do what I call the throwaway uh, as number 10. Number nine, we talked about it earlier this week, the Tuck game. I I saw, and if you haven't seen it, it's hard to stomach. Like, if you have this similar type uh, opinions of franchises and teams as I do, and you can't, you know, you're sick of the whole Tom Brady love stuff, or you're not a Patriot fan, and you hate the Raiders because, of course, you hate the Raiders. You're supposed to hate the Raiders. Um the Raiders don't even like themselves, probably. But it, it, it can be hard to stomach. But if you sit down and watch any of the 30 for 30 between Charles Woodson and Tom Brady, they both played at Michigan, so there's a, a relationship and respect there. And I, I, I thought it was, it, was, it was great fun to watch and very enlightening to watch as well. So I've got number nine as um, the tug game. Number eight, uh, you know, it's funny – because and I'm willing to entertain it 
because, you know, I hate the Vikings because the Vikings have agonized the Saints forever. And so I think this is a triumphant game. But for the Vikings, it was not a whole lot of fun. The great Hail Mary play, which is, uh, you know, I guess there were Hail Marys before, but that's the one that the original, the one that people, when when we start really using that term Hail Mary, it kind of started with, uh, Roger Staubach throwing it to Drew Pearson. What a great, great, great play was. And uh, as the personal story goes, I hated Fran Tarkin and I hated the Minnesota Vikings. So I figured it, I never really cared much about the Cowboys until that play. And when they beat them at old, ugly Metropolitan Stadium, I figured the Cowboys had to be good people. So I kind of started pulling for the Cowboys. Anybody who could break Fran Tarkin and in the Vikings' heart like that, I kind of liked, so I put until they got Stalin as their head coach. At that point, I, ne- I never cared or wanted nothing but bad for him after that. But between that, that was the game that kind of you know kind of started liking the Cowboys a little bit. All right, number seven, Vikings, Falcons. Vikings were going to be what were they fourteen and two or fifteen and one that year? Just incredible record. Uh, Gary Anderson, their kicker, had not missed a kick all year long. A lot of people were thinking, well, here we are. The Vikings are finally going to win a Super Bowl, maybe, because they were going to be playing a really good Denver Bronco team in the Super Bowl. And he misses the kick at the end of regulation, a very easy kick indoors, and the the Falcons beat him. So huge, huge, huge game there. Number six, the Music City Miracle. Number five, Scott Norwood's missed field goal in the Super Bowl. Of the four Super Bowls the Bills lost, this is the only one they really should have won. They were the better team, no question about it. But they did not win. And my personal story is I, uh, I, I a lot of people thought that the Bills were going to run away and crush the Midgets, the Giants, because they beat the – Raiders 51-7 in the championship game. But again, scoring 51 points, uh, that's pas bon. That's not good in a championship game. You don't want to do that. And I remember writing a column and detailing all the reasons why the Giants were going to won we're going to win, they were going to control the clock, and blah, blah, blah. And, of course, if Norwood, I would have largely been correct, but if Norwood would have made the kick, then I would have still got my prediction wrong. But it kind of played out exactly as I detailed it in the column. So I got great pleasure. Plus, I was very grateful to the Giants because they had just beaten the Cheetos at Cheeto Stick with five field goals. I mean, there's no way that you could possibly beat the great cheater, Joe Montana, with, without scoring a touchdown, right? That's impossible. Well, that got proven wrong. So um, for them, it was heartbreak. For me, it was it was great pleasure. All right, number four, we'll go with the Falcons' loss to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I know Saints fans love to recount that 28. I, 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 I've just never done that. That game, I don't think there's ever been a game that was more difficult for me to watch because I really, really wanted both teams to lose. I really, I mean, I was that whole week I was trying to figure out, is it even possible mathematically that both teams could lose this game? It was, that was a miserable experience watching that Super Bowl. Uh, did not want either team to win. Uh, number three will go with the fumble. You could do the drive and the fumble, but I think the fumble was worse than the drive. Because of the drive, it made the fumble even worse. So I will do the fumble number three. Number two, we'll do the Oilers 
blowing the 35-3 to game to the Bills. And then number one, we got to go with the Immaculate Reception. Every time I watch that play, I still can't believe it happened. Really, I cannot even believe that happened. I don't think he was even real. I still to this day, like, this looks make, made up. Like, like you could try to do that a thousand times, and there's no way you could ever make get that to work the way it did. That was that was brutal. Now, and, uh, and again, I, that's a Stalin-Hitler game to me because I don't like the Steelers or the Raiders, but it's pretty bad. All right, we'll see. I don't know that we can get to all ten for the Saints before our timeout, but we'll maybe try to get half of them. Um, number ten, this is more me. I, I got to tell you, I – a lot of you disagree with me, and I think that you're wrong and I'm right, but that's just my opinion, uh, that the the, the, the the season where the New Orleans Saints were cheated more than any other season ever was the 2019 season. That was the officials just took that season away from the Saints. They had never been cheated more than in that year, and it was all culminated in that awful loss uh, to the Minnesota Vikings. It ended in a push-off by Kyle Rudolph and um, – I really think that's the darkest place, the dark, my darkest moments ever as a Saints game, watching that in a hotel room in Mobile for the uh, for a Cajun Bowl game. So I'm going to do number 10, the Vikings loss, in two, the playoff loss in 2019. Number nine, the Saints 13-12 to loss to the Giants and where Fred Silva cheated the Saints on that, and it cost Saints in a playoff spot and a division championship, 1988. Number eight, I'm not as high on this, but a lot of pe- it was suggested by a lot of people, so we're going to go into it. Uh, and it was an awful loss at the time. The playoff loss in 92 to the Eagles until 2011 in the Super Bowl year. That was the best Saints team ever. And um, they, uh, you know, it w- had a double-digit lead at the half, and, and it went away. Number seven, um, this is a game we've only mentioned in passing, but it, at the time it was just brutal. The Flipper-Anderson game, the Saints dominated – they were coming back, looked like they would make the playoffs, and then they had completely collapsed in the second quarter. I mean, in the fourth quarter in overtime and lost 20-17 to 17 in overtime in the Flipper-Anderson game. Number six, we'll do the Minneapolis Miracle. Again, I'm not as agonized by that as some people, a lot of you are, but it was mentioned a lot, so we'll do that number six. Um, let's see. Number five. We're going to say the Raiders. The Raiders' Monday night loss in 1979, which we went into a lot of detail. And it um, it was just awful loss. And they were up. It was actually worse than we had said. They were actually up 28-14 at the half. And with six minutes to go in the third quarter, scored again to make it 35-14 and still some kind of way lost that game. Just unbelievable, heartbreaking loss. Number four, I'm going to kind of tie all of it into one game. The whole uh, Falcon-Saints thing, 78, Big Ben, got cheated two weeks later, and then um, I was kind of cheating a little bit, but that's okay. And then they opened a 40-34 to opener. We'll just say the Big Ben 1, 2, and 3 saga we'll put at number four. Let's go ahead and take a timeout. We'll come back and – tell you how I decided to do the final three for Saints heartbreaking losses as we finish out this week heading into a British Open, Astros, MLB draft, all of that going on this weekend. We'll do that 
finish things out when we come back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Do you ever wonder what kind of coach foot would have been? When they hit it to you and you're in the major leagues, you catch the ball. That's the way that works. Yeah, he may be better suited for talking sports than coaching them. Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you to go join the game clubhouse. It's free. It's simple. So sign up today. If you join the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, put you in position to win all kind of great prizes like Astro Weekend Getaways, $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse, $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. Again, all the great prizes or almost all the great prizes, you have to join the game clubhouse. So do so today. All right, we'll finish out by saying, uh, well, I really think it should be number two, but it seemed like most people disagreed um, this week. So we'll do number three, the 83 game, Mike Lansford lost, number two, the 2018 NFC Championship game, and number one. Because I didn't put 34-33 opener in, in 88, uh, because I didn't put the 48-46 win with the cheaters, because I didn't put 24-20, um, the game that they really cheated bad in 89 or the 19 or the 13 to 12 loss to 90 and 90, all the losses to the cheaters were, were just as bad as it could get. Uh, we're going to do number one, the 20, 2011 loss to the cheaters in the playoffs when most Saints fans kind of believe the Saints had the best team in football that year, and it just did not happen. All right, one more thing we want to mention that I failed to mention this week is Sunday is the draft. Kind of strange. The MLB draft for three days, they're going to do round one on Sunday, rounds two and three, I think it is, on – no, or or rounds – I forget how many rounds they're doing on Monday. And then the rest of the rounds are going to be on Tuesday. So it's a three-day process. And so we'll see – which Cajuns could get picked. Uh, Julian Brock and Tyler Robertson are the most uh, likely to get picked, high enough to where the Cajuns might lose them. I think I, I think if somebody don't pick Julian Brock, they're missing out. Man, I'm so impressed with that kid. So impressed with his offensive potential and his arm. And it's just uh, he seems to have everything that it takes. But what kind of Cajun coaches will wait and see how that will play out. So that's something – we can be discussing next week as well. Appreciate all the phone calls. Appreciate Coach Russ coming on. So let's hope the um, Astros can score enough runs to have a glorious weekend. Y'all have a nice one.